Hello everybody and welcome back once again to The Brink, the most Brinkaliciously awesome podcast anywhere in the world at this very given moment, unless Kevin Bacon decided to start recording a podcast, which I don't know if he has because I haven't listened to it yet, but we are here for episode 42 of the rebooted Re-Brinkaliciously Awesome podcast as we ever approach our one-year anniversary of our uh, podcast, of course, obviously not our one-year anniversary of uh, being alive, but our one-year anniversary, I guess, of being a podcast and back on your speakers, so very exciting uh, for that coming in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, I've got a big episode for you to bring today, lots of flashback classic moments to bring you, we've got a returning guest and just lots to get to as per usual, and I always like to start off every single episode, of course, by just going through a few of the uh, listener stats to see where you... You are listening to our voices from around the world. Uh, hello to all our American listeners. We've got a couple of people listening in Macomb and Yelm. Not exactly sure whereabouts they are in the US, but uh, I hope that they are um, good moments that you are listening to us from. Uh, Austria, Graz again, Graz. Um, I don't know exactly how to pronounce that properly, but Austria. India. Um, that's nice to listen, to have people listening to us in India. And a few people actually here listening to us are from Penguin of uh, all places here in Tasmania. So I uh, didn't realise our uh, fan base was growing up there to the northwest. But uh, hello to all our Penguin listeners. Um, of course, if, you've, if you want to send us a selfie of you listening to the show in front of the giant penguin in Penguin, um, you'll win our hearts. So that's just a bit of a challenge out there to everybody who wants to do that. And if you don't do that, well, I guess then uh, we failed in our attempt to try and get something interesting sent to us for once. We spoke to this guy a few weeks ago. Um, he was in Europe. Uh, and sadly, he's back in Tasmania. <laughs> Not sadly, it's no. good. Because uh, it means we can do podcasts on certain TV shows. But uh, please welcome back to The Brink, uh, Mr. Noah Gross. Noah, welcome back to, first of all, The Brink, and welcome back to Australia. Not on the, in the studio, but on the couch. On the couch with Ben. Uh, in Ben's house. In Ben's house. Now, you've been to my house previously, but not this one. Yeah, it's changed a bit since I was last here. Move location. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's moved. Yeah. I used to pretend Everything I had a... Everything about it is different. I used to pretend I had a girlfriend or a fiancé, and you never believe me. You met her once, though, didn't you? Well, that's what you say. Yeah, it was an actress. Yeah, actress. You know. Paid actress. <laughs> it cost me a lot of money to hire a girl yeah. to be my friend, her girlfriend, but... Um, we, uh, we thought we'd have a bit of fun here in terms of um, asking you some of our uh, High Noon 40 questions from High Noon, which has died a slow, painful death now. Um, oh, I was a big fan. I listened to all the episodes. Yeah, well, you were the only one. Not even Ed Radio listened. Can you listen That's why they fired me. Pod- no, it was on uh, the It was, but we got told off for putting it online because they were too slack and lazy to put it online themselves. Yet when I went and did the initiative, apparently it was bad. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't get into that. Get fucked, Ed Radio. But, uh, like, I, um, before we get into these questions... Uh, just a quick summary. Europe was great. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fantabulous. Yeah. You obviously, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, you, you know, it's never a good feeling when you come home after these things. No, and a bit bored out of my brain and trying to keep myself. That's why you're at my house. Yeah, <laughs> why I came all the way out here to Ben's couch. Two weeks but, ago, you were like in Lithuania. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> and now you're in uh, Claremont, uh, sitting so on a couch. Bit of a shock to come back to the cold from coming from summer, and also to come back to snug, but. But you'll be um, off again. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later. But you we'll also went to we'll Japan and Malaysia goes. too, of course. Yeah, a bit of a pit stop, just Jeez, to just, delay the inevitable. You know, it's like the amazing race. Yeah, <laughs> stopping off. Anyway, we've it covered that. It was great, that. though. Covered that. All right, high new 40. Uh, now, right. I can... I have no idea what this is. Now, basically, what for people listening to The Brink, you don't necessarily know ben, what this is. I don't know what it is. Tell me what it is. Well, no, I'm glad you asked. Now, essentially, obviously, we had our famous five that we used to ask in The Brink. So, for the high noon 40, we did a little bit differently. We basically got uh, some random... One thing BuzzFeed's 
generally good for is useless crap. And uh, I found some random article on BuzzFeed, which is 40 fun questions to ask people. Uh, so how we, fun are they? Well, we would put this to that basically I would say choose the number between 1 and 40. You'd have to choose five different ones and then I'd ask you those ones. Now, I can happily do that with you now or I can go through them in order. I mean, it's entirely up to you. <laughs> Let's just do them and if we get if it gets old, then we'll just... All right, quick fire. You've got to do this really quick no. fire then. All right? You're only like five seconds. So, oh, we're going to go through 1 to 40. Let's start off I with... I hope they're fun. Some of them are. Some of them are a bit boring. All right. Number one. On average, how many times a week do you hurt yourself trying to dance in the shower? <laughs> Thought it was going somewhere different with that one. How many times a week do you... Um... Well, you can answer that one if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say once a fortnight. Once a fortnight. What's the most money you've ever drunkenly spent at McDonald's? Uh, <laughs> probably legitimately around $100. On a scale of 1 to 10, how intolerable do you find baby pictures on Facebook? <sighs> 10 if that's not my baby sister. How many bowels? Uh, bowels. Uh, <laughs> One. How many bowels do you have? How many bowls of cereal do you eat every single day? How many bowls do I? Have? How many bowels do you eat every day? Uh, how uh, many bow- bowls of cereal? <laughs> fucking what can't is speak. <laughs> Who is this? What is you doing? How many bowls of cereal do you eat every single day? And why aren't you eating more? I don't really eat cereal. Why aren't I eating more? Uh, it's just overrated. I like muesli, but. Cereal, like, what is it? It's just lumps in milk. Like, I don't want to eat lumps in milk. To drink lumpy milk. No, I don't want to drink lumpy milk. Why would someone voluntarily do that? That's why I'm not doing it more. Uh, who would you let punch you directly in the face? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Please say me. No, it's, it's <laughs> definitely not you. Uh, who it. would I let punch me? Uh, Kate Winslet. Really? Do you not like her, or do you like her more that you let her? Punch? I just think she'd have a soft punch. Oh, I don't okay. want to. I don't want to be hurt with, by this punch. I just want someone with a soft punch. Speaking of Kate Winslet, download oh, our Titanic recap like, on the Oz Network. Who's, who's someone with like? I like Kate with Winslet. no arms. They can punch me in the Peter Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what? He's just short. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Any disability you can think of, just Peter Dinklage. Yes, yeah, so that makes sense, Ben. Who's someone with no arms? Oh, Peter D. Oh, who was it that was in a wheelchair? Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> That's why people cancel interviews on these shows. Um, <laughs> I like Peter Dinklage. Oh, he's a fine chap. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> he's a fine chap. <laughs> How many days have you gone without showering? <laughs> when I'm an adult or when I was a kid? Because like, when you're a kid, you shower like once a week don't you so i ba- i used to have baths when i was a kid i didn't have yeah showers. baths um i don't know maybe like two days i can build off oh, probably like four or five days oh, like music God. festival how could you Falls festival. i yeah all right. how old were you when you realized santa claus and the easter bunny probably never actually knew one another in real life <laughs> uh they don't um, oh sorry I <laughs> but just a side note on that is you're gonna call bs but I'm not sure I ever actually believed in Santa Claus, and people don't believe me when I say this, but I can't recall, and like, of course, my parents talked about Santa and the stuff like that, but they said, yeah, this present's from me, I pay for this one, like, I, there was never a time, I think, when I truly, of course, I maybe a little bit, but I, the fact that I don't remember finding out that Santa wasn't real makes me think that I never really was buying it to begin with. I think I just played along with it for a little while than I knew. There was yeah. at least two or three years there where I just went along pretending I knew that he was not fake. 
Yeah. Spoiler alert, he's fine. I mean, did you ever find out or No. I think it just yeah, it just got to a point where your parents assumed you were too old for it. Um I yeah, I used to get presents too that would say like from mum and dad, yeah. from Santa Claus. Oh, we pay for this one. Yeah. This isn't from Santa. Um can you fit your whole fist in your mouth? These questions, I always just think they're going in a complete different direction. They're from BuzzFeed, not like, um, you know, you, you <laughs> porn. Uh, will you? That's a different, that's our former sex show we used to host. This is a podcast, and so you, there's no image, but, I mean, you know me, I have an incredibly tiny mouth, so, um, my fist is... How do I know that, Noah? Uh, <laughs> that sounds so wrong. It's like, my <laughs> mouth is unusually small, like, why is it so small? Your um, mouth is a Peter Dinklage of mouths. Like, it's a tiny <laughs> mouth, uh, Stop giving Peter Dinklage uh, jokes. Well, it is a dwarf mouth. Oh, so. you can't say the D word. He plays a dwarf on Game of Thrones. That's um, where we're going with that. So, no. I've got a tiny mouth. What's your favourite flavour of Skittle? <sighs> Do they have flavours or they've just got colours? I think all flavours are just sugar. Sugar, all right. Um, but purple. How many sandwiches have you eaten off the floor? <laughs> In Germany, I got very, very, very drunk. Um, you do that when you get off the plane in Germany. You just breathe in the air. <gasps> drunk. Good <laughs> uh, dog. And we, we bought this thing called currywurst. It's not sandwich, but uh, these things called currywurst. And it's like chopped up sausage and curry sauce. And they have some bread with you. And I was so drunk. And the guy I was with was very drunk. And there was the two girls who were more sober than we were. And we were walking back to the apartment, the Airbnb. And I was walking too fast. And I was so excited about this currywurst and I was trying to eat it and I had like a takeaway cocktail in my hand. I dropped the currywurst all over the pavement in Dusseldorf and I picked it back up and ate it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a shameful moment in my life. I'm and just more intrigued the fact that Germany has takeaway cocktails. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> takeaway mojitos like all the way, but we later went back the next day and we walked past and we saw the currywurst stains on the pavement. Like, hey, that's Noah's currywurst. Licking off the ground, apparently. Uh, yeah. uh, very shameful moment in my life. I'm not proud of it. Yeah, you said it there on a podcast of two listeners, so uh, two of them know. Hello, so Catherine. Hello, know. Shedmeister. Um, four people know. How many bottles of wine have you finished without ever actually pouring any of the wine into a glass? Uh... No, I'm not really a wine drink. I've, since I've been in Europe, my palate has increased a little bit. And <laughs> Europe is drink wine. <laughs> so France. I, so now, I've, like, of course I'm going to drink some wine in Italy and stuff like France. Uh, but yeah, I'm not a wine drink. Are you a wine drink? No. Yeah. I um, had a very bad experience in the back porch that you walked on earlier today. <laughs> yeah. uh, New Year's Eve, basically invited one friend over. I ended up drinking two and a half bottles of wine. She left. Um, I passed out my own vomit and Ruby licked it off my face. So that's why I never touched wine. Never. Now, we're, now we're even with the currywurst Germany. Yeah. So, yeah, wine gives me very uh, poor flashbacks. Um, who was your favourite Power Ranger? Oh, I watched them, but... They they were all interchangeable to me. Like, I don't remember them without the masks on. But let's say let's do the smartass answer and the Mighty Morphin when they all joined together. You you were a bit too young when it first started. I mean I'm 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 OG Power Rangers. None of these Ninja Warrior space ones that they've got now. I don't even know what one I watched. Oh, I was. I mean that was the biggest thing in the world when I was like seven years old. Yeah, everyone was obsessed with it. Uh, what did you do the night Whitney Houston died? <laughs> What what year was that? Oh, I don't know. A few years I, ago. I may not. Uh, uh, I don't know. Big <laughs> Whitney Houston fan. Probably eight. How many you you ate food? Right. Okay. I was like you you were at eight. Like what? And like okay. How many donuts are you capable of eating in one sitting? 
couple of years ago, probably. If you're talking about big proper ones or mini donuts or what? Uh, not specifically uh, stated here, Noah, but... Uh, <laughs> I think I could do five big proper ones back in the day. Now, probably three. Who was your favourite Spice Girl? <laughs> you're asking... Uh, f- Happy. Yeah. Happy Spice. Sure. That was one of them. How violently do you have to fight the urge to scream when you hear the ice cream truck coming? Just doesn't make you have an ice cream truck. We used I've to. I, I've seen not one. seen one in years. I remember when I was little, there used to be one. I want to see an ice cream truck. I've never seen one before. No, I've, I've, yeah, I, I do remember growing up on a Saturday that would drive up and down our street. Uh, so, <laughs> this, this is one of these long, weird ones. Say there's like a whole packet of Tim Tams in a room Uh-oh. all by themselves. Say I left them there and told you not to eat any until I got back. How long would it take you to disobey my wishes? Uh... How long are you being gone for? You I like to walk. ask the specifics of these. These are meant <laughs> no, to be quick we, fire. We, we need um, to know these things. You really are a good answer. journalist, uh, Noah. You're, you're like me. You want to get to the, you know... The bottom of these questions. Yeah. Because if you're gone for five minutes, I can wait five minutes. This is what journalists do, people, when you're asking questions. We, we analyze the question. <laughs> and we're like, well, hang on a minute. Hello. Well, what do you mean by hello? Is yeah, it like- <laughs> because I mean, if, you, if you're gone to make coffee True. and I'm waiting for coffee, I want to wait and have massive, a Tim Tam slam. With massive dump or something like that? Yeah, or? so I, I, can, I can wait. I like Tim Tams, but I can wait. How many Justin Bieber songs do you actually listen to every day? Uh, none. How long after you feel full do you keep eating for? <laughs> well, every moment in my life up to the past few months, a lot longer after I feel full, which is why I was so fat. But not so much now. See why I am fat. How many hours after getting paid does it take you to spend your entire paycheck? I'm, I'm a good saver, um, believe it or not. I don't buy things. What What is there to buy? I don't even know what you can buy. I don't donuts. Need, I don't need things. Yeah, donuts, Tim Tams. Peter Dinklage. Uh, Dinklage action figures. I'd buy like, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. I, now we're talking about mm, purchasing Peter Dinklage. <laughs> well, I mean, if he was for sale, wouldn't you want to have Peter Dinklage to hang around with? I mean, if it's on the market. Hey, you doing, Peter? Want to yeah. come over? Yeah, I fun. mean, I don't think he'd want to come with you. But... He'd be a cool guy. Why not? <laughs> You said he had no arms. <laughs> I want to prove that he's got them. <laughs> uh, Fair point. Yeah, yeah, I don't buy things. I don't know what there is to buy. Do you agree that Harry Potter was a huge douche and probably the least <laughs> exciting character in the entire series? Like, he spent seven years terrorising his friends with his own problems, you know. They had their own stuff going on and here comes Harry fucking Potter just stuffing up left and right. They had lives too. They all had lives, Harry. It's not all about you. Yeah, I agree. Good. Uh, right. Daniel Radcliffe. 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 Is that Peter Dinkley? <laughs> uh, yeah. I agree. Uh, how many people do you fall in love with every day? Uh, between two and three. How many friendships have you ruined because you refuse to play a game of Monopoly mercifully? No, I am the one who wants to play Monopoly. <laughs> I love Monopoly. I'm the one who's getting the friendship. Can we play Monopoly? Ruined. Yes, well, you've got it in your little mini <laughs> travel form. Next I've, time you I've come over, it. next time you come over, we're going to play a board game and we're going to podcast. We can it. record. We're uh, going to do that. That is our goal. We're yeah. podcasting us playing the game of life. Uh, what do you do when a baby just stares at you in public, like doesn't even blink, just maintains intense aggressive eye contact with their dumb baby face? What do you do? What do you do in this situation? There's actually shouting involved in this. It's it's always, yeah, I figured it's always so tricky because like, oh, cute little baby. But then you realize. You turn British when you see a baby. <laughs> oh, it's a cute little baby. Um, Pretty boy wanker. <laughs> 
then you realize after about five seconds of staring that uh, you're a 20 year old 22 year old male staring at a baby in public so yeah there's a few it, things it loses its fun people think that uh all you know males have privilege let's be honest there are some things we can't get away with yeah, staring at children at one of them uh not that we want to stare probably at for good reason uh anyway what is your favorite kind of cookie oh uh cookie i like the m&m ones they're delicious and when they're all like soft and like chewy almost not so like you're a hard. soft one not a crunchy one yeah okay uh how long do you wait after finishing your first plate of food before getting a second plate of food if I'm going back for seconds, there's no waiting around. You, you're getting seconds. Get your seconds. There's, there's no messing about, but, you know. I agree. Because the food goes. If you yeah, wait, hesitate. It's just going to get straight to it. If you're, if you're already decided on seconds, then just do it. Uh, when you're at a buffet, how many trays of food do you start off with? They're very food-based expressions, <laughs> as you can probably tell. What, are, what are they saying about me? Uh, how many trays of food do you start So, like, when you go to a buffet, like, you know, do you just start off with the one plate or do you go back, do you bring, like, three over at once or... I start off with the one. Hi, hi Dad. Um, <laughs> not my dad. Might have a bit of sound in the background here, folks. No, my father just arrived. We a, a third guest in for the questions. Uh, uh, when I'm at a buffet, which is very rare, but I like the old buffet. Uh, I like a good buffet. I don't get multiple trays, but I stack that plate up. You stack uh, that. To the point that I'm so full that it's like all you can eat and I want to go back for more. <laughs> but it's just like, ugh. Uh, what's the weirdest place you've ever unintentionally vomited? <laughs> um, <laughs> you're about to say right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't... I've never unintentionally... Uh, I... Hotel in a small town in Japan that used to be like a love hotel um, <laughs> in in their bathroom. And for real gruesome details, the dinner that I wasn't sure what I was eating that day later showed up on the ground in that hotel. And I felt really bad for those people working at that hotel. What's the weirdest place you've ever intentionally vomited? <laughs> <laughs> uh this really bad bar in Denmark that was at our house where we were living that sucked. You deliberately vomited there. Why? Well, hey, go on, Sven. <laughs> yeah, let's just Peter let's, Dinklage. <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, if I gave you ten dollars to go buy me chocolate milk and it only cost three dollars, would you bring me all the change or would you tell me it was actually ten dollars? Because I'll oh, know, Noah. I'll oh, know chocolate milk doesn't cost that much. God, I would probably bring you extra. I'm such a, like a. I'd be like, oh, here's your change. No, here, have some of my change. You bought me nachos well. for $5 one day. So, did, Oh, that's true. I did buy you nachos. Uh, I did never saw that $5. No, I bought you something back. I remember it. I think when we went out to like have our palmy one time, I bought you a drink or something. And then I bought you uh, a $60 dinner. You did, but you offered. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. That, well, yeah, that, that was, was your whole point behind did it. Did you really? ask for the nachos? Yes. No, I'll buy me the nachos. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you probably did. Probably knowing me, I did. How many seconds would it take you to eat an entire block of cheese? Ooh, how big is... No, I'm joking. No more questions. Uh, I, I could get it done in 34 seconds. Have you ever found the image of a biblical figure on a piece of toast? Uh, well, it depends if I have the toast on me. I'm a biblical figure, I guess. Good answer. How long does it take you to scroll through Facebook before giving up? Oh, sometimes too long. And I I don't even like Facebook, but sometimes they're just looking at it for 10 minutes. Who do you just hate the most? <laughs> I'm sitting next to them. <laughs> How appropriate. Common answer. What a, what a coincidence. Do you think Zac Efron is really nice in real life, or does he just walk around with his abs out telling people to go fetch him vegetables? I think that guy's probably pretty solid. I think he's kind of reinvented his career. I still hate the guy. You shouldn't look that good. That's not fair. Uh, 
<laughs> He's playing Ted Bundy in a movie. Did you know that? It's a good image change, isn't it? Hi, everyone. Look at my abs. I'm Ted Bundy. Die. Uh, what's your favourite thing to order when you go out for a counter meal? Palmy, <laughs> hmm. which is where we'll be going very soon. You're like, hurry up, Ben. I'm hungry. I waited a year for a palmy. So. Uh, you haven't had one yet since you've been back? No, I've had two. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, how many times does it take for you to listen to a song that you love before you actually hate it instead? Mm, that does happen, doesn't it? Does that happen to you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you go through phases where you really want to keep listening to a song over and over again, then it'll just hit you once. I'm, like, oh, I'm kind of sick of this song, and you won't listen to it for like three years. Well, I don't know if that happens to me, but I was recently listening to a few albums that I listened to when I was like 14 that are still on my MP3 player and I still say I like. But then I listen back and I'm like, ah, it's really not that good. Did I ever used to like this band? I'm more the opposite. I'm more of a person who hates a song when I hear it and then I'll gradually like it. And then people always say to me, Ben, you used to hate that song. And I'm like, yeah, it's no, kind of grown to me. Picture changer, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm more of that. I don't know if there's ever really songs that I kind of completely hate. I just don't listen to them for a while because I just don't feel the need. But you know those moments when you're like scrolling through your, your iTunes or whatever, all of a sudden it's like, I haven't heard this song in ages. And you're like, holy fuck. And you just listen to it nonstop. But uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, do you stop and think about the number of butts in the world? Like, whoa, am I right? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. Is there more butts than people? Like, I, I imagine there is How the same is amount possible? of butts as there are people. How, how would there be more butts exactly. than people? <laughs> I just imagine there's... Siamese twins. Are there people without butts? I just assume there's the same amount of butts as there are people. I remember this girl, a, a friend of mine who I used to know in college. Uh, she was walking behind me she when I was... She had Siamese butts? <laughs> she did. Uh, she had very nice butts. Uh, I was walking up these <laughs> stairs and she was walking behind me. She goes, Ben, you don't have a bottom. And I'm like, what? She's like, your legs just kind of connect to your back. <laughs> She's on to me. <laughs> She's figured out my deepest, darkest secret. You know, that just reminds you of that. Was that South Park episode with the butts oh, with the, the butt face? Faces, yeah. <laughs> they had like eight. They like ate up their bottoms and like yeah. pooed out their... Oh, that That's was a something. Class South Park. That's a classic. And then Ben Affleck was like, butt face. <laughs> And they would fart. Oh, who thinks of this stuff? It's brilliant. Two more left. Uh, Have you ever... You want more? Just getting into it. Have you ever started petting a really fluffy dog and just gotten very overwhelmed by how fluffy this dog is? Yeah, a few few hours ago with your dog, I think. It's not that fluffy. No, but it was very bouncy and jiggly. And fat. Uh, (laughs) This is the final question. Uh, I wonder, it, make it a good one. I wonder if you're going to answer this the same way everybody answers Uh-oh, this question. Pressure's on. Finally, and this one is important, so please pay attention. What do you think cats dream about? I'm trying to think what the everyone answer is like. Um, what do I think cats dream about? Mm. Um, I don't know, like, is it the same as human dreams? I think they're just thinking of... I don't know. Tell me the, what, what's the answer. That Everybody answer. assumes that cats are planning to take over the world. Oh, no. They couldn't possibly do that. <laughs> you're so like... You're so, oh, no. They possibly, couldn't possibly do that. No. Dogs, maybe. Cats. Really? No. So, I'm a cat person more than a dog person. No, a I dog love person. my cats. I've learned to love cats over the years, but they couldn't take over the world. They're not capable. I think it's dog people who say that cats are going to take over the world because they hate them. Yeah, possibly. But. Uh, but the thing is, I can see cats taking over the world because they've kind of got that personality they're about them. Stuff, but, yeah. but they're too lazy for that and they're too dependent on humans. So 
Because the old saying with dogs and cats, the difference is that what like dogs love you because they're loyal to you. They they think that you're their master. Cats think that uh, they're your master. Yeah. So do our bidding. So maybe cats have taken over the world. We just don't know it yet. I'd be fine. I'd be fine to bow down to our new feline leaders. If cats have taken over the world, then it's a pretty good cat-ruled world. I can live with it. There's a lot worse animals that could take over the world. Spiders. I mean, oh, snakes. <laughs> I mean, uh, dolphins. I love the Simpsons. No, dolphins. <laughs> Remember that episode with the dolphins take over take in the Treehouse of Horror episode? I don't remember. That was a good episode. And all the humans are forced to live in the ocean. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Donald Trump could be a, a cat. Like, No, Donald Trump's not that smart. Like, his hair is just made up of, like, <laughs> multiple cats or something. Do- Donald Trump's a... <laughs> Donald Trump's Donald Trump. What, what animal is Donald Trump? <laughs> He's Donald Trump. There's going to be a new species. Donald Actually, Trump. one thing, on the, on the topic of Donald Trump, and I know we generally uh, talk to Paul, Paul about Donald. Yeah, uh, the talk serious, to Paul I think. about Donald. There's I don't a, want to talk about There's Donald. a very funny meme of Donald Trump, one of many, that is uh, somebody's photoshopped Donald Trump's head, on uh, Donald Trump's face onto the Queen. And it, they're actually <laughs> hilarious. Actually, I'll see. I'll see if I can show you a picture. Just and I know this is going to be great for our listeners at home. I just want to see if you get a reaction out of laughing. And I'm pretty sure I sent this to a friend recently, so it should so, be easy to find. Yes, it is. Some airtime, Ben. Uh, searching for the picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is much better than the way you mentioned it. Yeah. So it's literally it whoever works. keeps photoshopping Trump's face under the Queen needs to stop. <laughs> I love the one of him yelling at a swan. <laughs> it works way too well. Yeah, so everybody right now, Google Donald Trump's face on, on the, the queen. queen. It's funny. Noah, thank you. Uh, we will have you on next time. We'll be playing a board game. Board game, yeah. And Maybe you, Trivial Pursuit. I like the question. You can come up with next time uh, 40 questions to ask I'll me. I'll find 40 questions to ask you next. Uh, I look forward to it. And maybe I'll come up with an answer as to why, uh, what cats are dreaming about. I, f- I feel like I dropped the ball on the final question. And deep apologies to Peter Dinklage. You had oh, arms. Big apologies. Uh, and do get some arms. <laughs> now, of course, we've run out of live performances from our vault to play for you, but we do have a few songs that we recorded um, very poorly, of course, to help... Um, I don't know, try and be funny, I guess. Uh, you heard last week, uh, We Are The Brink, and you thought it couldn't get worse than that, folks. How about me singing with auto-tune? You'd think it would improve my voice, but it really doesn't. This is uh, one we did back in uh, 2010, I believe it was, uh, called Don't Stop Listening, and um, our feeble attempt at um, trying to do a promo song. And you can probably tell really after this point why we didn't do these anymore, because this one's even worse. So block your ears, get ready to hear a classic song butchered once again as you hear our 2010 version of uh, humour. This is uh, myself singing Don't Stop Listening. We're just a small town show Broadcasting in a lonely world We go to every Friday at 7am Just a small city In the state of Tasmania Hungry for recognition in Australia and the world Don't stop 
and to me and burn on air Talking so much to make you care We make waking up on Friday so fun and fun and fun and fun Hobart is waiting for those big events to come They won't happen unless people try Ben and Anthony Doing the best they can To get Hobart on the map Working hard to get the guess 2010 was such a big year State and federal elections brought you joy Most guess you love, some you hate All of them become our mates No matter what, we will always bring you them Every week and week and week and week Hobart is waiting for those big events to come They won't happen unless people try Ben and Anthony Doing the best they can To get Hobart on the map Don't stop listening Tune in every Friday On Edge Radio Don't stop listening Tune in every Friday On Edge Radio Don't stop listening Tune in every Friday on Ant Radio Don't stop listening Tune in every Friday on Ant Time for me to get excited by pressing a button. Flashback, we're back to 2009, of course, and really concluding our look at the year of 2009 on the brink. We've got three little bits here to play for you uh, from the best of 2009 CD that was released, funnily enough, in 2009. Now, first of all, we're going to play you a highlights package of the best of a former segment on our show called Confessions of a Hobart, and when we got people of Hobart to send us in their questions and their confessions to basically get things off their chest and feel the need to talk to us. So here is the best of 2009 Confessions of a Hobart. <laughs> 
You have to give him a bit of a talking to sometimes. He, he likes to ignore you from time to time and just give you a stare. He's he's that difficult to work with. This week's confession comes from Bree. She's 20 from Montrose and confesses how she really loves plastic bags and thinks that they are the bees and knees and really doesn't want them to be bad as she doesn't know how she'll live anymore. Well, look, in the times of environmental safety, environmental safety, environmental conservation, that's the word I'm looking for, in the times of wanting to save the environment, and not letting these bags rot and decompose over thousands and thousands of years. I think it's a, it's a very bold statement, Bree, that you really would like these to be kept around because I know there's a lot of people out there who will disagree with you wholeheartedly and heavily and, and debate you to the bone about this. But I think that, I think that plastic bags are very useful. They, they come in handy for carrying stuff. And I think that instead of banning plastic bags, I should probably come up with plastic bags that are biodegradable and that don't take thousands of years, but it's just as good. And that way, I think it would not only make Brie happy, it would make a lot of us happy who like the plastic bags, who like carrying them stuff, because it's not just for shopping. It's not just when you go down to your supermarket and buy your groceries. You can you can reuse them. You can take your library books back. You can use it as a fashion accessory like people do with those little green bags that they seem to get. You, could, you can use it as a as a form of carrying rubbish, like a garbage bag, which is half the reason why that takes so long to decompose, I suppose. A decompose, I can suppose. Boom, thank you. I think, Bree, that that was a very weird noise that came out of my throat right then. I think, Bree, that you obviously have a very weird weird obsession with plastic bags, but I'm sure if they are banned and phased out, you, you'll find a way to, to further your addiction to the plastic bags some way or rather or another. Some way rather another or another. That makes sense, does it? I think I just somehow made it made sense out of it. <laughs> Trevor, you press the button, you fool! I think he's getting ready for the national anthem. Uh, Colleen from Rosny is confessing this week. She's 24 and she wants to confess that she hasn't changed her clocks for the daylight savings and she's always late for things and doesn't know why. Yes, Josh, you have an opinion? Yeah. Why? Why? Colleen, it's uh, now December. It's two months since Brinktober, I mean October, where you would have put your clocks forward. So that is just slack. Change them now. It is currently quarter past eight. You've got no no excuse for not changing clocks right now. Speaking of clocks, the the guy behind the voice of the talking clock. In ah, a, yes. He passed away. Really? Yeah. So who's going to tell the time now? I think he's, like, all pre-recorded. <laughs> just, I always had this thing. Seriously, when I was little, I used to think that guy, that was his job, and he was there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if he went to the toilet, no one knew what the time was. Ooh. The world was in chaos, people. It was like, oh, my God, what's the time? The talking man clocks up. Now that he's dead. Could, could you imagine that? Like, if something like that did happen, then there's this random guy in the middle of the square going, everyone! I've got to watch. <laughs> I could just see that. The thing that I would like to know is as soon as they found out he passed away, did they have a tribute? So if somebody was listening to the talking clock at that stage, you know, did they take time? <laughs> Please have a minute of silence with the death of the talking clock man. And then they slowly pass it over to, Hello, I'm Cindy, your new talking clock woman at the third stroke. And then they just go on from there. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, apparently, it's it's a thought. Yes, (laughs) but apparently, yes, the uh, talking clock was first recorded in the early seventies. So, in other words, the time hasn't changed in thirty-eight years. Like they alter it, of course, like for daylight savings and stuff. But the voice. Have you not always wanted to ring up the talking clock guy at that exact moment it ticks over to see if it does it? 
You know, if it's yeah. like, that's, I'm interested. I used to, when I was little, want to stay up to like two o'clock when it changed over to see if there was like some weird time space continuum vortex. But there's not because it's just stupid <laughs> confessions of a hobosh. And yes, that sounds funky, doesn't it? Okay, we've got one from Clyde. He's from, he's from Bell Reeve. And he's, his confession is he likes to spend every December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 9th, 11th, and 23rd. Walking around the streets of Hobart, dressed as Captain Feathersword, sniffing people who get their presents wrapped at the Elizabeth Mall. That's a bit creepy, I think. I mean, if someone dressed up as a pirate with a feather sword came up and started sniffing me while I was getting my presents done, it's a bit creepy. So mm, I wouldn't do that anymore, Clyde. It's just, it's just not right. Is all I have to say. As well as getting people to confess stuff, we also got people to complain. Because, as you can probably tell, at least with myself, I like to complain. So why not have other people complain along with us? So here is the best of the 2009 complaints desk. Run out loud. Ridiculous. I'm so ridiculous. I'm fed up. And I'm full of... And it's full of... Because you guys are really full of... And it's so wrong, man. The complaints desk. The complaints desk, where people complain. Hence, I sounded like a tripper then, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Funny that, isn't it? Um, okay. This week's complaint comes from Lucius. Lucius is 15, and Lucius is from Australia. We've got a lot of young people sending in stuff this week. I know. It's uh, the holidays. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. True. The kiddies are, um, you know, off slacking away from school. Uh, this week's complaint, Lucius complains about the show, which he just thinks overall is just plain, quote, crap, unquote. Ben thinks this is disgusting. Do I? I love how they've written my opinion on this website before I've even given an opinion. That's always nice, isn't it? Um, well, I think it's disgusting, Lucius. <laughs> I and get it. Wait, what kind of name is Lucius? We're not in Rome. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the name of the nephew or the, the kid in Gladiator. in Gladiator. And wasn't that the name of a character in um, Harry Potter? Wasn't it like Lucius Malfoy? Or yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, Lucius, look, for starters, you're 15. You shouldn't be using that sort of language. And uh, secondly, with a name like Lucius, you don't have the right to <laughs> complain. Uh, uh, we'll call you hard. Luke. Give no. you a normal name. Lushy Wushy Pella Dushy. Otherwise, the audience laugh. Let's try that again. Lushy, whatever I just said a couple of seconds ago. <laughs> that wasn't the laugh I wanted. I mean, thanks, wasn't... Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> Justin, 25 from Granton, complains that he's reached the quarter century and hasn't achieved much in his life and wishes he could have his own radio show and be cool like Ben and Josh. Well, let's just put him down nice and simple, shall we, Josh? <laughs> ain't gonna happen. You ain't do. gonna happen. You're 25, you haven't reached that stage yet. Sorry, ain't gonna happen. That's, that's how quickly we wrap it up. This week's complaint comes from Carly. She's 73 and she's from Hobart. And uh, she wants to complain that we apparently here at the Brink do not cater enough to the elderly listeners of Hobart and wish that they would promote lawn bowls a lot more than we do. Well, fair enough, Carly. That's that's a very good point indeed. We don't really cater too much to the elderly listeners out there. And for that, I suppose we should apologise. Lawn bowls is one of my favourite sports. I won't beat around the bush and I won't joke about it because it is it's a fun game, not only to play, but to watch. I'm not sure if you've uh, ever sat down and watched a game of lawn bowls out there, but it can be riveting entertainment. And I think that it's, it's already a Commonwealth game sport. I think it should be an Olympic game sport. It could be gold, going for gold glory and 
Carly, in 12 years' time, you'll be 85, and you could represent your nation in, in lawn bowls, in the Olympics, and become an Olympic gold medalist, and that would be something that you'll remember for the rest of your life, no matter how short it would be. So, Carly, congratulations for sending in your complaint. It's much appreciated. And uh, we will strive to do our very best to cater to the elderly listeners out there of Hobart, because we do seem to not cater them. And I think the audience should give a round of applause to Carly for, for messaging us in today. It's uh, it's always very good to know that we we have some listeners out there who are who of the uh, of that age bracket, that demographic. I'm not going to say anything else that may offend. So, Carly, thank you very much, and please keep listening. It is a pleasure to have you on board. And finally, of course, we always like to have special guests on the show. Uh, you've heard from previous people like the Pope, Guy Ritchie, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, why not have Doctor Phil on the show? Because I mean. Why wouldn't you? He's a guy that you'd want to talk to. So here's our snippet of um, our, quote, chat with Dr. Phil back in 2009. Joining us now is a man who uh, is well-renowned for his uh, healing abilities. No, it's not David Blaine. It is, um, it's it's Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil McGraw of the United States of America. We need theme music for him. I don't have any theme music, Josh. You got to sort your problems out before we get into violence. And violence doesn't solve the problem, Josh. I am not violent. Now, look, Dr. Phil, thank you for your time. It really is uh, an honour to have you here on the show. Now, look, Josh and I are really on a loose string here. We're not doing much when it comes to solving it. We've been insulting each other and um, just not solving much. Can you dish out some advice, please, Dr. Phil? Don't spit on me, Ben. Look, Josh, now you got your turd coming up soon, all right? Now you calm yourself I've got there. my turd you, coming up. Yeah, look, now don't you put words into my mouth, boy. I'm not. I'm asking, did you say I've got my turd coming <laughs> soon? I think he said turn. I said turn, all right? Now you just shush your mouth, all right? As good Lord said, you shush. Now, Ben, <laughs> I've got something to say to you. Yes, Dr. Phil. Now you got to listen to what's in your chest because that is your heart. And hearts <laughs> are what make us beat, all right? Now, look. Josh is laughing at you because that is what he does. He is the victimizer in this situation. He needs. I am not laughing at you, Ben. I'm laughing at Dr. Phil. He needs to find time in his soul to be able to heal his wounds. He had a difficult childhood. Growing up in Kyrgyzstan with no laughing matter. All right? I've seen pictures, Josh. You can't do much with a stick, but you made the most of it. Now, Ben... <laughs> You've got to listen to listen to your heart. You're a privileged son of a bitch, and you've got to realise that that. So you can't swear on radio. This is this is Hobart, and this is very early morning. And look, I apologise for my language. All right, I will take myself to the timeout chair, and I will bless myself with my finger. Now look, Josh, can you stop laughing, Doctor Phillies? I don't want to hear any more humour from both of you. Right? I'm giggling now, and that's not my way. I have to go get the helicopter back home. Now I want you two to look each other in the eye. Look each other in the eye. Okay, I'm looking Josh in the yeah, eye right now. I, I'm trying to. Now, now, Josh, you have to tell Ben three things that make you smile about him. Right now, in two seconds, go. When we met at the Olympics. Yes, that's one. Now, two more, quickly, come on. This is radio, you got time. You when, when, time when we saw Troy together. Yes, that was funny. I heard about that. Now, one more. When we made the movies. Fantastic. Now, Ben, you only have to say one thing about Josh because... Uh, no, I want Josh, three. It's, uh, it's equal. Look, Ben, you have my permission to turn his microphone off. Now, Josh, 
You shush, Ben. One thing about Josh. I really like the way you make funniness out of my jokes and you are a nice boy, Josh. Now that's nice. Now I'm going now. Guy Rich is at the door and he's a friend of mine. Now I bless you both for being here and uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I have the check in the mail. Yeah. Uh, just word of advice, we can't do impersonations as well as singing. So we really couldn't do much on the show, it seems. <laughs> now... Uh, we, of course, have another show, uh, a sister show. I, I don't know what you want to call it. The Oz Network. It's a show that kind of came from Survivor Oz and turned into the Oz Network, and we, we like to do shameless plugs, of course, uh, here on the brink. And we all like to play a few snippets of highlights every now and then from it, and, of course, these generally appear in our best of at the end of the year as well. But uh, one of the ones that I'm being very excited that we've been doing recently is a rewatch of Third Watch, my favourite TV show of all time. And I've uh, been doing this with a US girl called Brandy Whitfield, and she's been great. We've been recapping every single one of the episodes as we're still in the first season, but we're slowly getting through it. Now, um, we had an interesting moment on one of our episodes last week, uh, essentially, when it came down to trying to describe um, certain people when it came to, uh, I guess, um, doing a certain activity. So let's uh, hear that reaction and hear how that went. Basically what happened was they found, what was it, the two tree how do you say it? Meth heads? I don't like to call them, I don't, junkies, whatever. But uh, Addicted to drugs in a car. Yeah, and they were basically in a car, and they were having sex, and coitus. they came to this call. Huh? <laughs> coitus. I love that word, coitus. Uh, I, I learned that word from the Big Bang Theory from Sheldon, but I just love how dog uses the word coitus. Like, you explain things so much better than I do, to be honest. They were you're fucking, so- all right? Uh, <laughs> is that better? You think I explain things differently? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Yep. Things are real tonight. No. Um. <laughs> of course, uh, I'm still laughing inside. I'm sure you are too. You have no idea what the hell we're talking about. But if you want to download those or any of our other shows on the Oz Network, you can uh, obviously head to theoznetwork.net or just find us on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, we'll be sure to include more of these shameless plugs for you every single week on The Brink. Now, we've also been bringing you recently some classic interviews from The Vault, and uh, we're going to bring you another one now. One of our biggest interviews we ever landed, and this one was in person too. This wasn't just on the phone. This was an in-person backstage before the big concert that was here in Hobart uh, with iconic singer, is that the correct word? James Blunt, uh, you know, very big name, I guess. Obviously, huge hit, Your Beautiful, uh, 2004. Four, five, six, that was middle of the, middle of the 2000s. Um, and one of the highest selling uh, artists of the last decade. And uh, he came to Hobart perform uh, a few years ago. And we were lucky enough to score an interview with James, go backstage and chat with him. So this is the interview that I did with James Blunt uh, back in 2014. James Blunt is one of the biggest names in pop music, having sold 17 million albums and 20 million singles over the last 10 years, as well as being nominated for five Grammys and having the biggest selling album in the UK for the noughties with his debut hit, Back to Bedlam. As part of his Moon Landing World Tour, James has visited Hobart for the very first time, performing to a sellout crowd at the Derwent Entertainment. And I spoke to James before the show about where the idea for the title Moon Landing came from, living with Carrie Fisher, having Weird Al Yankovic parody one of his songs, as well as his cult following on Twitter. James, welcome to The Brink and Edge Radio. How are you doing? I am doing very well. How about yourself? It's, it's good to keep the uh, sort of the warmth going. It's a bit of a chilly night here in Hobart. We put it on for you. Yeah, absolutely. It just reminds me of being back in England, really. Um, but yeah, this is my first time here um, in Hobart, Hobart, in Tasmania at all and it's fantastic to be here a real thrill 
Now, uh, obviously, you haven't been here for very long. I think you just mentioned you've been here about 20 minutes at the time of doing this interview. So, I mean, coming here for the very first time, I mean, do you get to hear some things from some people about Tasmania? I mean, what's kind of been your impressions of Tasmania before you got a chance to come here? Um, I, I, you know, I really don't have... Um much in the way of kind of you know, previous knowledge about it um, and none of my friends have ever been down here either even those who, who have lived a number of years in Australia so um, so yeah it's a kind of new experience for me and for my band and crew um, and, uh, and yeah I suppose the, the thing I'll really meet is the audience tonight they'll give the character of the place away been a very exciting lead up. I know a lot of people are very excited to, to have you here and uh, tickets have been uh, selling very well. I mean, what, what do people come to a James Blunt show and expect? What can people expect to see tonight from you? Well, I think um, people are normally a little bit surprised by what they do see um, because rather than just one man on a guitar singing um, a bunch of slow songs, it's a five-piece band and, and the songs are up-tempo and full of energy and, uh, and I don't need to go to the gym because I come off stage sweating <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> Have you ever thought of uh, putting on dances, pyrotechnics, you know, really upping the ante and really surprising people? And we've done all of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, I, I'd say that with the concert here, we've flown in and so rather than bringing a massive great production... Um, we've just bought the band, and it will be about the music tonight. Um, and uh, and yeah, and for me, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm playing songs from my new album, Moon Landing. Um, but of course, I know why people also buy tickets. They want to hear songs that they know from older albums, and I promise I'll be playing those too. Well, of course, uh, you're touring with uh, Busby Maru, who are supporting you as well. We've been lucky enough to have them in our studio before. Great guys. Uh, what have your thoughts uh, been on them, sort of being on the road with you, and you're a fan of their music? Um, yeah, great musicians, um, really fantastic to watch actually live, um, but for more important to me, really great fun guys to have out on the road as well, um, and, and nice to catch, with them, catch up with them for a drink afterwards all the time. Are they trying to drag you out to Rockhampton, where they're from at all? Have they talked up much about their hometown? They've talked about Rocky occasionally, <laughs> but we haven't made it there. Not yet, not yet. Now, uh, quite literally a world tour you're on, jet-setting around Australia at the moment. You're off back to Europe in a, in a couple of weeks. I mean, do you always try and find places that you've never been to before, and are there places that you haven't been that you really would love to go to one time on one of your tours? Um, you know, I've, I suppose for me this tour is about 18 months long, and, and, and I go to places that I enjoy a lot. Australia is probably a highlight of the tour for me, um, but to come and get out into... Um, the places where I haven't been is always a bonus otherwise I'd just be repeating myself and so this trip we managed to get to Darwin and here in Hobart and otherwise I suppose it would be like Groundhog Day so so yeah, so tonight um, here in Hobart is a bit of a thrill And uh, the album Moon Landing that we've mentioned been out for several months, been doing great guns around the world, charting well, selling well have you been impressed with the reception that you've been getting for it? You know, I, I think when I was making the album, um, I specifically was trying to not not to think about the audience and not to think about the reception, and that's why I went back to Los Angeles to find the man who recorded my first album with me. Um, and his name is Tom Rothrock. He was my producer, and he was there before the audience, and it was various. It's when it was really innocent, and you know, and and just enjoying it for for the music, really. Um, then you put it out, and I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't thinking about what it might do in the charts and stuff like that. Um, and so it's yeah, I suppose it's a little bit of a relief, and and uh, and I feel very lucky that people have warmed to it in a, in a way that they have. Um, it's been amazing. And I suppose what's kind of obvious after the after the event is that the less you think about the audience, the less you think about it at the time, and just are genuine and honest with the music, the more people can hear that. And I love the uh, comparison that you've mentioned with the name of the album, Moon Landing, to sort of first love, saying nostalgic memory of something huge that we hardly can believe that we once achieved and for some sad reason can't achieve again. Uh, how, how does this ad- idea come to you? I mean, is this something that you've always tried to work on or did this literally just hit you one time? Well, this would be good. I mean, it's just the, the sound of the album, really. Um, you know, we locked ourselves for a year um, in a, a small little studio 
in LA and with me playing all these vintage instruments working my way around and playing them all and seeing what fitted and what sounded great and uh, and yeah the, the album sounds old school and lonely um nostalgic um in its way and and yeah and so the title moon landing just seemed to fit and of course you've uh, famously recorded some of your albums before in Carrie Fisher's house Star Wars you know there's there's a space connection there as well it all kind of ties in well to each other doesn't it all ties in <laughs> now sort of going back to when you were saying about um, your first album Back to Bedlam 10 years old now 2004 it came out it's 2014 it's gone by pretty quickly you've had uh, all this success since I mean can you imagine 10 years ago you'd be where you are right now no, not at all. I think, you know, for me, when I started doing music, I was hoping to do, like, a tour of North London. Um, so to be here on my fourth world tour, um, on the furthest reaches of the planet um, from home, um, yeah, it is uh, totally unexpected. Um, but, I, but I love what I do, and I'm very lucky to do it. And the lead single, Bonfire Heart, which uh, took the world by storm when it came out last year. Now, you, you accidentally had this emailed out to a bunch of people uh, that you didn't mean to, and uh, you tweeted out saying, whoops, accidentally sent that to the UK. What, what actually happened with that? Um, my record label um, emailed everyone on their database rather than just the people who are on my website, which for me was great. It means they emailed um, you know, a, a few hundred thousand people rather than a, a much smaller number. And you got that uh, reception straight out there as well. Uh, the, there's also a track on the album called Miss America, a tribute to, to Whitney Houston. Were you much of a Whitney fan and what made you come up with this track? Um, I just you know, know the songs that everyone really knows from the radio. Um, and, but, you know, but I suppose what was... Uh, sad about her story it was it stopped being about her um, as an artist as a singer um, it really became about her downfall and, and people went online to, to follow her downfall and bought magazines to watch her at her worst and, and so we became spectators to her downfall but in doing so we're also players because we're the ones who then send paparazzi out to go and chase after her um, and, uh, and yeah so the song's really um, about that tragedy I know you've kind of spoken out before about your relationship with the press and kind of, you know, your personal life and things like that. Did you kind of feel a connection to that as well, obviously, with the hounding sometimes you do get back in the UK? I just think, um, you know, in the modern world, we kind of put so much emphasis on celebrity and celebrities and put, and put them on such pedestals that I don't think is healthy for, for any of us. You know, none, none, I'm a musician. I'm not a role model to anyone. And if anyone thinks I am, they're a fool. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, the people who we should celebrate far more are people who have proper jobs, like doctors who save lives, nurses who save lives, teachers who educate, aid workers who rebuild countries. These should be the celebrities of today's world. Very good message there. Now, one of my favourite personal tracks that you've done, uh, you did a cover of the Crowded House song, Fall at Your Feet, which was famously used in an episode of uh, the, the OC. How, how did this cover come about, and did you end up watching the episode of the OC that they uh, used it in? I didn't see the episode, no, but I think it was the first song I ever learned on the guitar. Right. Okay, it was a very uh, sad episode. Character died. Uh, I don't know if you ever want to go back and watch it. Sort of tied in well with a character dying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, another thing, too, I'm a, I'm a fan of Weird Al, and you had uh, your, your beautiful cover, of course, by Weird Al, uh, your pitiful. Now, I've read that you were a fan of this cover, but your record label at the time wouldn't release it. Sort of looking back on that now, do you, do you wish you could have had that out there for the reception more? And are there any of your other songs you like Weird Al to sort of cover? Um, I think it's a huge, great honour to have Weird Al Yankovic parody any of your songs. Um, and for that, I was thrilled. I mean, of all the parodies he's done, I don't think it's the best one, um, which, which, I was, you know, which was sad in the first place. Maybe that was, that was why the record company thought it wasn't worth pursuing and pushing out there. Um, for me, there was a much better parody, a really fantastic one by a guy called Tom Gleason, I think is his name. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, and I think he's an Aussie, isn't he? He, he? definitely is, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and he did an awesome one where he was a guy 
on the underground with his girlfriend and this weird little dude called James Blunt comes up and starts singing at his girlfriend You're Beautiful and here's the guy then you know I'm um, kind of answering back to that and it's, and it's an awesome listen I have to check that out actually I've had Tom on the show I wasn't aware of that one uh, one thing I actually I too saw um, you edited your wiki page a couple of years ago to get people to believe that you were performing at the uh, royal wedding and kind of uh, went along with a little that have you ever kind of edited your wiki page uh, anymore to put some facts on there to kind of have some fun with it um, I constantly lie, um, uh, be it in interviews, be it on Wikipedia, um, or in everyday life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, for me, it makes these interviews fun. There's not a moment uh, in this interview that I've been telling the truth. Well, that's what I like to hear, and there's not one question that I've uh, gone into also trying to tell the truth too, James. So it's working out well. Now, well, what, here's, a, here's a big question for you. What has been your biggest achievement out of these things for you? Having the highest-selling album in the UK in the 2000s, receiving five Grammy nominations, or performing My Triangle with uh, Telly on Sesame Street? Without doubt, the duet with Telly Monster was, um, you know, was the peak of, of my um, career, um, at least, and, and, and I, I will retire a happy man um, in the process. It was quite a remarkable day, really, um, and I suppose the only embarrassment was that a puppet had a voice that was an octave lower than me. <laughs> How long does it take to uh, rework the lyrics into that? I mean, I, I'm guessing it wouldn't take that long. It was all Telly's creative input. Right. Okay. Good on you, Telly. Uh, I didn't realise that. Uh, now, also... Um, it seems to be that every time I watch an interview with you, people are talking about your Twitter. Now, very well known for your, for your tweets, of course. I'm even turning this interview about your uh, Twitter. When you first started uh, replying to people, did you expect kind of this reception? I mean, pretty much you've got this cult following now purely off your, uh, your tweets. No, I didn't expect it. I mean, I definitely... I remember reaching the moment where I thought, OK, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asked to be on Twitter by my record label... Um, I haven't really got much to say because, because you know, most people, it's just an opinion-based platform and people t- seem to take it really seriously. And, and what am I going to say? Just put pictures of my breakfast or say what I'm doing and I'm brushing my teeth now. All of that seems a bit mundane. And then I thought, you know what? I might as well just, um, yeah, um, take the piss out of myself um, and other people who should take Twitter that seriously. Um, and, and I find it a whole weird platform because, you know, if something is posted on Twitter, it makes the news nowadays. And why? It's just someone's opinion who, who didn't really have the courage probably to say it to someone's face. Um, and the reality is such a different world. And so tonight we've got a few thousand people turning out to a concert. And these guys bought albums and tickets and trains and hotels and they queued up outside to, to be here. The effort and energy they put in is in- incredible. And there are thousands of them. But the negative people on Twitter, they're just a, a small handful of them. They're probably in their room, on their shadow, in the shadows, on their own, alone, probably with their trousers around their ankles, <laughs> writing five nasty words. And yet I would seek to, to, to find that you know, offensive and insulting and take it seriously instead of concentrating on the, on the few thousand people. And, and I think it's madness. One needs to learn to laugh at the guy with his trousers around his ankles who couldn't even bother to come to this venue and say he didn't like the music um, and laugh at myself for even considering taking it all seriously. Have you ever gone to write one and thought, that's a little bit too mean? Um, what I normally do actually is that because I know that if I tweet someone back and uh, and I know that you know however amusing I think I might have been um, or not as the case may be they might have a few hundred thousand people start abusing them because they're you know followers of mine and and so I don't want to be part of a kind of negative cycle so often I might follow the person I've retweeted they'll follow me back because they've seen that and then I can send them a direct message and say look whatever happens this is all in good humour and good nature and if anyone gives you grief please don't take it seriously um, and you can say that we're following each other so we're friends. Well, look, I'm going to follow you uh, tonight so we can become friends, James, and I won't abuse you, I promise you. Now, I'm going to wrap up with our five questions we like to ask all our guests uh, here, but uh, the World Cup 
starts this weekend, of course. Uh, you're much of a fan. Are you going to be uh, paying attention? And how do you think England are going to go? Um, traditionally, England um, will have massive pressure put on them by the media um, and probably collapse as a result of complete overbearing and expectation without being given a chance to breathe. <laughs> well, uh, Australia have got... Uh, we're, we're already conceding. You know, we've already basically said no, we're not going to win a game and we're going to get thrashed by three goals. So, um, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll all take on England as our team. Yeah, and I think, you know, to start uh, as a country with low expectation and let your team um, lead from the front and, and do what they do is probably a better way to do it because I'm sure they'll do very well as a result. Indeed. Now, uh, James, we wrap up every interview with five questions. Uh, a bit of fun for an already fun interview. These are the hardest ones you'll ever get in your entire life. Okay, I'm nervous. Very nervous. Well, we'll start us off with question number one. James Blunt, what is your favourite type of cheese? Um, uh, my favourite kind of cheese is the music I put out. <laughs> you had that look on your face that people always look like, are you being serious and asking me that question right now? But you came in with a very good answer. When it comes to toilet paper, are you a folder or a scruncher? Um, I uh, I just use banknotes actually, which which uh, <laughs> which do uh, you know, which uh, they are what they are. They just they just be yeah, used. Simple. The Aussie one is a plastic note. It does neither particularly well. <laughs> you just wash it and use it later. Uh, question number three: When you were growing up, what was your dream job? Um, I suppose I tried. I wanted to be a musician since I was fourteen. Um, my father was an army pilot. Oh man, I probably uh, uh, imagined myself doing you know something like that before then as well. Also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Well, I'm going to say Princess Leia. Yeah, of course you Obviously can. Because because I lived with her whilst recording um, this album, Moon Landing. Um, and, uh, and when I did live with her, she put a cardboard cutout of herself outside my bedroom with her date of birth and her date of death written on the forehead wow. um, to protect me at night. And that's why I'm probably here with you today. Well, uh, what, do you, what do you think the chances are, given that you're friends with her now, that you might be in Star Wars Episode Seven? Absolutely none. All right, well, uh, fingers crossed it might help. <laughs> Final question for you today. James Blunt, what is your worst habit? Um, I, uh, I smoke when I'm drunk, and I drink every night. That is the best, uh, worst kind of habits to have. James, uh, massive pleasure having you on the show. People can check out, of course, Moon Landing, available online in stores now, and uh, jamesblunt.com, and follow him on Twitter as well for the best type of fun. And I uh, hope you enjoy the tour and uh, the show here in Hobart. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be here in Hobart. I will never be with you. We always get excited when we get to do this part of the show. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, forget the lyrics now. Sadly, again, we had a few weeks back... Uh, couple of new ones but uh, we're going to play three for you today some classic ones though we thought we'd get a bit uh, into it and excited first one we're going to bring to you is a recent one it's actually from this year uh this was one we did for high noon earlier this year uh it is dakota and myself singing to the smash mouth hit that's a weird sentence to say all-star and we're singing about people texting dakota listen to this one I want to host a radio show on the station. It's called Edge Radio 99.3. Apparently, I have some friends and they want to message me, although they never do any other time. So, they ask me what I'm doing and I say I'm hosting a show. They say what show it is and I say high noon. They really keep annoying me and it's kind of frustrating. I'm trying to be funny because my name is Dakota. I wear a hat, it's really nice, it's really cool now and I pick up the ladies. But then my friends won't stop texting me. They are so annoying. Hey now, I'm hosting a radio show, stop texting me, get stuffed. 
I really want to talk about stuff, including Kevin Bacon, not your ma. And all day it's really annoying. Singing this song, it's time for Dakota to sing. I'm trying to host a rate. Oh, what? Trying to host- No, I'm done already. I'm stuck already. I'm already stuck. Wait. Um, no, I'm lost. What is it? No, I'm full lost. And they keep no, texting I'm me and it really sucks. I post a radio show, but my friends keep texting me. I'm trying to post a radio show. Can you please stop texting me? You had all day to do that. But you do it in the two hours of this show. You can recover, Dakota. I can probably keep you, going, You yeah. can recover. Yeah. This is yours. Take yeah. it home, Dakota. Take it home. It's yours. No, I don't know how that goes. Trying to host a radio show, they want to go to parties, but then they said they want to go bowling instead and change their minds back to butters. Can you please make a decision, you idiots? Oh. You, Apparently, you, you, there's more. There's more verses. All right, hang on. So, hang on. We'll close it. Definitely see that we uh, brought about all the um, the excitement back to that segment when we brought it back uh, earlier this year on High Noon when that was still around. We're going to go now back to 2009 and listen to Josh uh, sing a little bit about, uh, well, sing to Beyonce, all the single ladies, but uh, equate this to toilet rolls. Let's see if you can see if he uh, manages to lose his composure at any point in this song. <laughs> All the toilet rolls. Oh. All the toilet rolls. All the toilet rolls. Put your hands up. Now in the loo, you gotta do a poo. You gotta find something to You gotta find something. You're sitting next to you. It's toilet roll holder. Oh yeah. Then you go there, you try to pull it, then it rips off halfway down. Never want to find one, cause it sucks when it's too low for you. Cause if you want it, then you want to have penguins on it. If you want it, then you want to have penguins on it. Cause pictures on your paper is awesome, oh yeah. Cause the toilet roll holders have graffiti on it. What? Uh-oh. 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 Don't you find it hard to see in the disability store is so low you try to bend down and grab it but it rips off in your hand yeah. oh. <laughs> if you want it something if you want it oh yeah I'm lost oh good fun good fun and another solo one for you here today. We're going to listen to Samuel McCrossan uh, back in 2012 uh, sing about Rana Naveed, the people's mullet, former player, of course, for Tasmania and Hobart Hurricanes, as well as Maria Sharapova, and an interesting little combination of uh, elements in this song to All the Small Things by Blink-182. <laughs> All the mullets are down at Bell Reef 
on the back of Rana's nice head. Always I know he's putting Nando sauce in his mullet and grunting like a ape. Run on the beat. The people's mullet. Nando's sauce. Grunting. All the... I went down to Nando's and saw Runner eating a big chicken in the front of the store. Runner went to the tennis and contributed to the grunting. Yeah. As you can tell, we have lots of talent, and sadly, uh, it's going to waste, apparently. So, I will have more Forget the Lyrics for you next week. <laughs> Time to bring it all to a close and wrap up another episode. Episode 43 will be back next week, uh, of course. And in the meantime, if you wish to communicate with us, as I said at the top of the show, if you're in Penguin, send us a selfie of you with a penguin. If you're in a town that's called something that has a giant something of that town then by all means send us a picture and uh if you're our austrian or indian listeners we'd love to hear from you too send us a photo of yourself listening to the show or just uh anything along those lines we appreciate obviously any feedback you can find us on facebook of course just search for the brink radio show or on twitter brink radio show and of course remember to subscribe to us on itunes remember to like us feedback us and everything else in between we'd love to see your comments as well but we're going to close it out as we have been the last few weeks with an in the mix uh, a little clip of some best bits of a variety of different years we're into 2014 in the mix you're about to hear a highlights package for the best moments of 2014 on the brink but until we next speak again my name is being ben thank you for tuning in keep sucking those oranges hobart and a good night you love Tim. Tim, have you noticed that? Did you notice them? That they, the Thompson twins, is it? I, I've, I've never paid attention to them. Oh, right, Tim. yeah, they had, they had a, 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 probably a little bit wider than Hitler. <laughs> she snubbed us completely oh. for her new film, which is called uh, Hunger Games. It's a, it's a film where Rebel stands out the front of Krispy Kreme Donuts and it's closed. <laughs> and that's a new film, Hunger Games 4, I think, the Krispy Kreme edition. And they, they closed off, they cordoned off Hobart essentially yesterday for this, didn't they? I went to park in Murray Street and there were all these orange ballards down there and uh, I have to say, people just knocked them over and parked there anyway. <laughs> Yes, well, hopefully I'll get that opportunity again soon. Yes, the NAB Cup. <laughs> no, well, season proper, I think. Season proper. Any, anyway. Yes, yes. Oh, they you know, a couple of gold medalists beside me. I was like, hey, do you want to swap? I like your colour more. And they're like, I like the silver colour more. I was like, if you wanted to swap them over, fine. Mm, it's a tough one when you got to think about it on the spot. My, my own one? Wow. I mean, like, I can kind of imagine, you know, that you might have the Abidos mm-hmm. for the Liberals rather yeah, than the Rabidos. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really bad. good. That's really good. Are you counting? Uh, well, no, but others around me are counting, so <laughs> I do get the little updates here or there, but I've just got my head down and, uh, yes, at the other side, the bum up. Yes. Just getting on with the job, really. 
You would assume that the guy's dead. <laughs> Let's just assume that Nicholas was probably in his at least twenties. So hundred <laughs> would mean he's at least hundred and twenty. So he probably wouldn't have been seen. Yeah, I don't think they they'd go down with the um uh, neo-Nazi thing. They'd go down with other things, but that's another conversation. Well, they got... They're in separate beds. But, but have, that's still a bit. I mean, come on, guys. It's just like they're brothers and they're sharing a room. But they're not brothers. That's the problem. But my toaster, the one that we've bought, um, is basically the shittest... Oh, oh, I just swore on air. <laughs> you get so passionate about your toast <laughs> that, 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 that you just drop the S bomb. All the That's why people don't listen to us, Paul. Uh, yeah, it's the word, <laughs> I should say. We got our buds handed to us a few times by, like, some little, little kids. And they would trash talk, too. You wow. know what I mean? Like, there's nothing like getting, you know, being a 13-year-old getting trash-talked by a 6-year-old. Here we have to hear this. I'm a Carlton supporter. Ben, and I do have a soft spot. You really do listen to the show, don't you? Because. <laughs> and then he, he pulls down his shirt and showing off to the world this bite mark. So he does actually bite. Mm, and Suarez is what? holding his teeth. So, what? well, maybe, maybe the dude's shoulder went up. Yeah. And the most, um, you know... Racist name of a country in the world. Uh, sexist name, not racist. Ben, get your, your, your whatever you call it, yeah, in the right a, way. Thank you. Uh, the Isle of Man, the most sexist oh. sounding country in the world. <laughs> oh, I nearly got myself into trouble there. Yeah, well, hey, look, we've got to bring them, all of them back up, you know. What's going on with the Olympics, Will? I haven't brought that up in a few years. That's right. Well, I haven't forgot. Oh, good. And I'm a Dutch. Over here at the Dutch, it's awesome. It's it's great. We're um, we are good. We're very good. New Zealand is is uh is doing well. That's Not so well on the amazing race Australia versus New Zealand, but <laughs> in general life, we're doing okay. Yeah, well, obviously more people like to watch it like that than they do like to watch their netball. Yeah, well, their, well. Or their hockey or their yes. athletics. Or yes, whatever. and I mean, let's not forget that 2016 Rio Olympics was seen the introduction of uh, rugby sevens and golf. Yeah. So, you know, I want to see my Olympic golf in high definition. Did they ask me if I would use it or not? <laughs> We're not quite that personal on this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I use it. Yeah, you look pretty swish there. Ah, oh, thanks, Marcus. Representing Australia, yeah. You look like you're a liberal voter. Good on you, son. Good on you. Has America found out about this? Do they know? That's half the reason why they're deported. Uh, <laughs> um, like, really Noah, famous. Noah. Really famous. What the hell's yeah, Noah doing here? Noah, go away, Noah. Yeah, go away. We don't like your kind here. What are you doing? Yeah. Go. Go back to snug. <laughs> Uh, people think I'm Canadian. Really? They they think I have a Canadian accent. I thought you were from Tajikistan. No, no, no I love one bread. Well, if you want to understand what it's really like out there, look, uh, take the gloves. <laughs> yes. Take this next over. You're going to do that this year with You're hurricanes. Rich. You're going to be wicket-keeping for, for a match or two. The hurricanes. Look, you, oh, Ben, Reggie. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, my heart says Brazil-Argentina final with Argentina winning, but uh, I think Schweinsteiger <laughs> and Germany uh, will, uh, you know, be facing off against Argentina with uh, Germany taking the crown. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, actually, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, no, I don't think I have. I, yes. I, don't think I actually don't think I have. No, so maybe that's something to do. That's another first to try out <laughs> in Australia. 
Oh my gosh! Who out there isn't listening to Survivor Oz? <laughs> uh, Who the hell isn't listening to Survivor Oz? Oh, uh, that, that is that is my new message tone right now. That is um that is going on my phone. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, life has just been made. Yes. You know, we're not like other radio stations that are kind of named after oceans that are already down. We are, we are we are high standards. People might be wanting to bag out them and then yes, accidentally mistake them for us. Exactly. How about this weather, eh? Oh, it's thirty-five and stinking hot again. <laughs> oh, when they get low twenty-four to you know twenty-six degrees, oh, it's cold. It's freezing. Get your jumper out. <laughs> I felt betrayed. So did I. We have put in a lot of effort to Alice over the last. Nine or so episodes yes. of this show. We have we have also bagged her out a bit by mocking her segment on yes. the Mercury website. She's probably a nice lady. Oh, what you gonna what? Sit down on chair. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's exercise. Sitting down on multiple chairs. <laughs> uh, Red Bull look at sour drivers. <laughs> what happened? Like, whoa, what happened? Very realistic. That would sound really awful. It would. People wake up, they got the coffee in the kitchen, all they can hear is Ben screaming, Oh, give me an epidural! Till <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow morning. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those backpacks. Keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Do keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking that fruit. Please do. Keep uh, sucking those 600 oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. And good, good night. night.